UFC 281 this Saturday, November 11th or November 12th between Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira for the UFC middleweight world title. Much anticipated fight. But before we get to the uh, main course of our dinner, you got to start off with the appetizers, you know, and uh, our, our starting appetizer, we got to go with Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann in a light heavyweight fight on the prelims, which will be on, I believe, ESPN. Yes, ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Shout out, Dana. That is uh, kind of – I actually don't know if that's going to be true, though, because wouldn't there be college football on? So definitely ESPN+. Plus. I doubt the ESPN part will hold through, personally. That doesn't make any sense to me. Anyways, regardless, Dominic Reyes – Ryan Spann, Dominic Reyes coming in at a minus 230. Ryan Spann coming in at a plus 190. As I was just telling Zach before, the light heavyweight division is probably my least favorite division in the UFC, not MMA, in the UFC, um, because they all are just the same. Like, they all just beat up on each other. You got, like, I guess, I guess, I guess, like, Yuri Glover, Jan, uh, the guy Jan's fighting, uh, Magomed and, and, uh, uh, Rachik, I would say those five are like in their own category. And then everyone like down is just like, they're all the same fighter. Like they all just beat each other up. Like Jamal Hill, Paul Craig, um, Dominic Reyes, Ryan Spann, Anthony Smith. Like they're all just like the exact fucking same. So this fight does not really intrigue me, but it's definitely a fight. I feel we needed to cover. And neither one of these guys has re- – I mean, no, I'm not going to say that. Dominic Reyes is on an 0-3 tear, fought John Jones, right? Goes into John Jones' fight like 10-0, 9-0, something like that, okay? <clears throat> As a fight that a lot of people think Dominic Reyes won, which I, I honestly – I'd have to watch it again. But at the time, I was like, I could see it going either way. Um, And then he gets baptized by Jan fighting for the uh, UFC interim heavyweight – excuse me, light heavyweight title. And then he gets baptized by Yuri. So uh, Reyes hasn't done anything, man. And you hear this theory all the time about when you fight guys like John or you fight like a really good champ like that, that what happens is um, – I just lost my, my nose. What happens is is you put so much into that camp and so much focus into that fighter that like it takes a toll out of you like physically and mentally and like spiritually. That like after you fight that fight, I mean it happens – Dude, it literally happens all the time. Same thing happened to Thiago Santos. He, has, he didn't want to fight in the UFC after. Like, it's just you put so much into beating the champ that like afterwards, that like the mental toll and physical toll is just you're just not there anymore. But Ryan Spann, I mean, he's I'm not counting Sam Alvey because he's so he beat Sam Alvey by split decision. Sam Alvey's dog shit. I like Sam Alvey a lot as a person, but he's not a good fighter. Then he got knocked out in the first round by Johnny Walker. Then he beat a guy I've never heard of. And then he lost to Alex Smith by first round. Anthony, excuse me. Uh, Anthony, Anthony Smith. Anthony Lionheart. Yeah, first round submission. And then he submitted Ian Kudalaba this year in May with a first round submission. So he's kind of like – the way I would describe this fight personally is the fight for relevancy. The loser is probably either getting cut or they're just – they might get cut. And the winner is – probably going to like just like keep fighting in this like prelim spot they're fighting and just fighting paycheck to paycheck. Um, if I had to pick 
I want to go with Dominic Reyes in the fact that I think he's a the highest level fighter spans fighting, but it's very hard to stop an 0-3 skid from going 0-4. Um I don't know. How, what do you what do you think, Zach? Well, you know, before I really looked into it, just looking at Ryan Superman Spans um, kind of journey through the UFC, you know, he's always kind of been that middle of the pack guy, never really fought top competition. He's not going to get dethroned to any champions. I mean, I know he fought Lionheart, but I don't think that was at the time he was like fighting for a title. Um, you know, really hasn't matched up with anyone super great. Um, I will give him the Kudalaba submission and his most recent fight is pretty impressive. But, you know, his counterpart, Dominic Reyes, um, has kind of gone under the radar recently merely for the fact that he is 0-3 in his last three. But I feel like it's kind of unfair to him because he's kind of taken that Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler route of things where, like, they just keep throwing him fucking murderers, dude. Yeah, like, dude, they- his last three. I mean, dude, honestly, even before that, when he was on the tear, he, this dude's fought everyone. I mean, dude, murderers. Geary, the champ, John, the champ, John Jones, the champ, Chris Weidman, a former champ. Vulcan, who's not bad. OSP, not bad. Knocked out Jared Cannonier. Like, I mean, dude, he he's fought yeah. everyone. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I got to take – I just got to take Ray's in this. You know, I really – I even from your perspective as a fighter, like we know how hard it is to break that 0-3 streak of losses, but like, Dude, when your quality of competition finally dips down to something more reasonable, like I, I just think Dana kind of was like, oh, you had that one really good fight against the greatest fighter ever. Like we're just going to throw you like some of the hardest fights that we've ever come up with um, ever. And then like now they're kind of giving Reyes a chance against a guy who's kind of up and coming who had that like upset win over Kudalaba. So, you know, they're trying to see if he deserves that 12 ranking. And then Reyes is kind of like that pumping the road for guys that want to become champions. Like, can you be a quality fighter in Reyes if you want to make it to the top? So, um, really for Reyes, this is kind of just get your feet back under you type of fight. You know, he is the favorite in this at minus 215 compared to Spans plus 185 odds. Um, but I think taking Reyes is the safer, smarter choice in this fight only because I think Reyes can kind of defend the takedowns a little bit better. You know, he can probably stuff the submission attempts Whereas um, I don't really think Span's going to be able to get de- get it done on the feet or like have his way on the ground as much as he would want to in his prior fights. I agree that Reyes has fought dogs, <coughs> and um, Span hasn't. And the other thing that I'm gonna I'm rocking with Reyes for that reason, and also, dude, he was training with Pereira in this camp. Like, there's videos mm-hmm. and photos of them training together. You don't get worse training with Pereira, like, you know. Um, yeah, I think. I think this fight's going to show two things. It's going to show Dominic Reyes says to Ryan Span, there's fucking levels to this shit, kid. Or Ryan Span's going to be Dominic Reyes and be like, I'm ready. Like, I, I'm, I'm here, y'all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm going, to take, uh, I'm going to take Reyes with you on that. A fight that I feel like is extremely underrated is the, the headline prelim between Brad Riddell and Hanato Marciano. I mean, dude, this fight is good. Hanato has been on like a – Weird. He's kind of like on a Ryan Span journey. Like he got he he beat out Calvin Cater, beat Cub Swanson, and then lost Jose Aldo, lost the Young, and then he started. He then he goes back up to to lightweight, loses to Rafael Fiziev, but then he beats High Herbert, and then he beats um Alexander Hernandez, 
loses the decision to Rafael. So it's like, it's kind of weird. I mean, the fight with Rafael, he got kind of dogged. Um, but this fight's going to be good. Brad Riddell, he was on a tear too. I mean, they, they're they losing to the same guys, bro. But like, <clears throat> yeah, they're losing to the same guys. I mean, Bradley Riddell beat Drew Dober, then they got knocked out by Rafael Fizev, and they got that really fast first-round submission against them all, against uh, Jalen Turner, if you remember that, Zach, mm-hmm. on the Adesanya yeah. Cannoneer card. So I feel like yeah. both – I feel like this fight's a little – this fight's like a more skilled matchup than the fight we just talked about. Like, they're both kind of fighting for relevancy. Um, It's going to be interesting. Brad Riddell kind of struggles against lengthier guys, but – Hanato is not a natural 55er. He's a natural 45er that's coming up. So it's going to be interesting to see how, what takes place, who's going to get the lead. Uh, Hanato coming in at minus 125, Riddell to plus 105. Hanato training out of America Top Team. Riddell training out of Izzy's camp. Damn, bro, this is going to be a good, good, good fight. I think these two men are gonna they're gonna brawl it out, and I think if they get into a really ugly brawl, it's gonna go in favor for Brad Riddell, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I also like Brad Riddell more. But. Fair enough. Um, this is kind of kind of how I view the fight. Um, I think Hanato um, Moicano, you know, moving up in weight, it's not favorable um, from the aspect of most of the questions people have when you move up in weight is, oh, how does your gas tank? Um, moving up you know how is your speed how's your hand speed your punches hit harder would your chin hold up at that level you know these are all legitimate questions that people have moving up one of the things i will say for Hanato is though is he's primarily a grappler you know um majority of his wins uh have come from submission nine of them to be exact and you know he is the bigger fighter he stands at 511 brett or riddell only stands at 58 i think with his length he's going to be able to kind of like command the distance and if Brad goes to close in too quickly, Hanato can just take him down. You know, um, Hanato fights out of top team. You know, it's a way more um, respected camp, well-renowned, whereas Riddell only trains out of city kickboxing. So I don't really trust his uh, ground. I wouldn't say that it's w- more renowned. I mean, they have Israel Adesanya, Alexander Volkanovsky, Dan Hooker, him, Carlos Olberg. Like, Very I true. Mean, they won gym of the year last year. That is true. Um I don't know, man. I'm I'm not too big on him. You know, his wins are split between decisions and uh, KOs. And I, I think Hanato's too smart to make this a stand and bank fight, especially for his first fight at 55. It's not his um, first. I, it's like his second and third, but, but yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, it's not his comfortable weight. It's not something that he would traditionally um, want to fight at. Um, you know, looking between – yeah, Hanato's fought more in his career. I think he's just more experienced. The smart thing to do for him because he's the bigger guy, take it to the ground. Just I agree. Take your use your BJJ. You know it's one of your best aspects of your game. I know you want to stand and bang with this guy and make it exciting for the fans. You know, you're the feature prelim for a reason. You're supposed to make people buy the pay-per-views. That's why Dana put you in the spot that you're in. However, it's way more important to get a win on your record and to move up in the rankings and try to fight for a belt than it ever would be to just impress Daddy Dana, in my yeah. opinion at least. Um, then again, I'm not the one that gets punched in the face for five rounds or three rounds in this case. So, hey, do what you want to do, man. Um, but I agree with you. If it is a stand and bang match, 
I would lean towards more Riddell. However, my brain tells me that Hanato is going to utilize his Brazilian background and just take this to the ground where it should be. The so only I'll other thing I think uh, I like <clears throat> with uh, Riddell is that he's in fight camp with Olberg and Izzy. Like they did their fight camp together. And I've only had fight camps with my teammates. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I, I've had fight camps with my teammates my first fight and my second fight. But my second fight was a little different because a lot of people backed out. And then my third fight, it was just me and one other, one other kid, Ryan. And going into that fight and then watching Ryan win and seeing how ready Ryan got and made me feel more confident. You know, it's same with, like, you know, when I used to fight at ATT with Edgar and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, when you're in camp with your boys, it, like, definitely helps the focus a lot. But, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a good that, – that's going to be a good fight regardless, in my opinion. Like, that's just going to be a good, a good fucking fight. We have moving on to the main card. We have Dan Hooker taking on Claudio Puelles at a lightweight fight. Dan Hooker was a lightweight, tried to do a little dip to featherweight, and now he's back up to lightweight. Hooker coming in at a minus 165, Puelles coming in at a plus 140. Zach, how about you start us off with this one? Yeah, you know, um, Hooker is definitely the fan favorite. I think everyone kind of knows this guy, who he is, um, what he's done for the UFC. He's got a pretty good career under him. Um, however, he is one and four in his last five fights. He's lost to Arnold Allen due to TKO. Not a really impressive guy, in my opinion. Um, well, I mean, Allen is kind of up and coming. So you have to yeah, he's up and coming. But, but, like, yeah. Hooker should have won that fight. Yeah, he should have won that fight. Um, we're not going to talk about Islam Makhachev. Um, lost to Michael Chandler, TKO. Lost Dustin Poirier, who's a very good guy. His last win was to a guy whose name I can barely pronounce. It was a unanimous decision. They just kind of got his feet back under him. As for his opponent, the Prince of Peru, Claudio Puelles, um, this guy's been on a tear. He's 5-0 in his last fight, but he hasn't really fought anyone. That's kind of his issue. My thing is, is I think his ground game demands respect. I mean, this guy is a demon. Um, I think he he's just like the younger guy. He's kind of built for this. He's 26 years old. Dan is 32. What, 32, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's not to say Dan's like old and on his way out, but he, you know, he's older, you know, and these young guys, they got the gas tank. They got that energy, that youth in them um, to kind of carry him these fights. Dan does have a little bit of a height advantage, but I don't know, man, something tells me um, Claudio is just better prepared for this fight. You know, his, I mean, he murdered Clay Creedon's last fight. That was kind of sad to watch first round knee bar. Um, so yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, so good God. yeah, like, come on, dude, his last, holy shit, his last three submission wins are all knee bars. Damn. So yeah. Hooker better uh, keep run. Feet. Yeah. Yeah. Run. <laughs> holy shit, dude. Um, that is terrifying. Um, if you've never been in a knee bar before, just know that you are literally a split second away from tapping or losing your entire knee. Um, so enjoy that option. Um, definitely isn't fun, but yeah, I, I don't see hooker preventing Claudio from taking him to the ground. I'm interesting to see what you have to say. Um, cause yeah, I'm, I'm fully on Claudio's hype train right now. So, I mean, hooker is five, one and five in his last five, but I mean, like he went on that tear and like ended up beating Paul Felder with that fifth round takedown, that great fight, which was on the same day as,
It was on the same day as some big boxing fight that sucked. I can't remember what it was. Any, anyways, long time ago. Anyways, yeah, Paul Felder. Um, Paul Felder pulls that. Be Paul Felder. Then he goes into that bloodbath versus Poirier during COVID, and then he's never the same. I mean, Chandler built his career, started his UFC career just dinking his chin, beat Nazarat, um, who's been sucking recently as well, and then took that short notice Islam fight and lost to Arnold Allen, who's, who's an up and comer. So he's not losing. I mean, he's still good. Like Hooker's still a good fighter. He's he's fighting the best. Um, but the thing is, I don't I don't I don't think his style relates and. Dan Hooker's style is eat as much as you can and just throw back, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna make it bloodier on you. But the problem is, is when you have that style, you need to have knockout power. Like the reason it works out for Poirier and the reason it works out for like Gaethje is because like eventually when they dink your chin, you go to sleep. With Hooker, you stay there and just eat it. And I don't think that's that he can bank on it. Puelas has to get it on the ground. He just has to. Like there's no other, there's no other argument. I do think though. The durability of Hooker is going to be the question of this fight. Can his cardio keep him away from Puelas for 15 minutes? Can he land big strikes and stay there and end things exchange, exchange? Or is his chin going to be glass? You know, so I think that um, also how does it take down defense? You know, there's a lot of factors to bring in here. Um, but I, I feel more confident picking Puelas just because I think Hooker's on his way out. And I, I like Hooker. He's done a great job putting on a show for everyone. I just think that. When you have that style of fighting, it's hard to do it for a long time. I and mean, look at Tony, look at a lot of these guys, man. Like look at Nick Diaz. Like you can't fight like that forever. And I think it, you know, he's 32. He's coming on to I mean, I know 32 in most sports isn't that old, but in MMA, it's very old. So I think uh I think I think it's gonna be the fight that sends Hooker on his way. Which sucks, man. I really fuck with Hooker and I like all those city kickboxing guys. It's just, yeah, I, I don't I don't think I don't think I think the old dog had his last fight. Yeah, speaking of uh, on their way, um, that brings us to our next fight between the legend himself, Frankie Edgar, taking on Chris Gutierrez. Um, Edgar is entering this fight at, what, I believe 41 years old. Old as um, fuck. Yeah, uh, his professional record stands at 24 wins, 10 losses, and one draw. Um, Grayson, would you like to break down this man's resume and some of the accolades he's built up for himself, not only in the so, UFC? Uh, Freddie, Frankie Edgar is kind of a pioneer in the sport, you could say, because, I mean, BJ Penn was, I believe, the third the third UFC lightweight champion ever, third or fourth, and then he reigned for, like, a long time. People were calling him the bet, the people call him pound for pound goat. He, he fought George St. Pierre to try to take the welterweight title. I do believe I do believe BJ Penn even held the welterweight title at one point um, when he fought Matt Hughes. So, I mean, he dismantled BJ, ended BJ's career. This young kid from Thomas River, New Jersey, I believe that's where he's from, comes from out of nowhere, goes to uh, – and listen to this. Before we even get into any of that, Frankie Edgar walked around at 155 pounds. But in the time he fought in the UFC, the WEC was its own entity. entity. So there was no there was no weight class lighter than 155. The WEC only went up to welterweight. It was one thirty. It was one thirty-five to welterweight. That was WEC. So there mm. was no. So like, he stayed in the in the UFC, being probably close to third twenty to forty pounds smaller than his opponents, naturally. Okay, and then he beat BJ Penn, defended his belt against BJ Penn. People were like, "Oh, BJ had a bad day." Whooped him again. Then they give him the Gray Maynard fight, who beat him before he was champ. 
they go into a if you've never watched Gray Maynard versus Frankie Edgar too, you, you need to watch it. It's a fucking war. Goes to a draw, and then Frankie beats uh, Gray Maynard in the in the third one. Gets three title defenses out of the way. Loses his belt to Benson Henderson. And also, like I'm telling you guys, watch the, the Frankie Edgar Gray Maynard. Frankie Edgar gets pummeled in either the first or second round. Like like anyone else in the entire planet would have been unconscious. And then he goes to his corner. They sit him down. They pour water in his head. He goes, "Where the." Fuck, am I? He had no idea what he was fighting off instinct. He just like went out, woke up, and there's just a dude trying to hurt him, and he's just fighting back. Like he's literally like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but which is crazy. But then he goes down to featherweight, gets two title shots against Jose and Max Holloway, doesn't get it done. Now he's down at 35, which is super weird, and um, has not looked good there, man. Beat Pedro in an absolute bullshit decision. Gets, I don't know if you've seen the Corey Sandhagen knockout, but it, it might be one of my favorite knockouts ever. Just <laughs> flying knee, so natural. And then Cheeto knocks him out with the front kick. So this is his retirement fight. He announced it. It's all agreed. Everyone knows. Um, and uh, who's he fight? Chris uh, Gutierrez. How do you say fucking name? Gutierrez. Gutierrez. I honestly don't know much about this guy, man. Uh, he's pretty freaking good, though. He's on a... Uh, he's on three fight win streak. Got a draw, and then won the three before that. Dude's pretty good. Came out of the LFA. Won the Ultimate Fighter. Oh no, he lost <laughs> Ultimate Fighter in the finals. Pretty good, man. Young kid. Uh, fights out of Factory X. Expect this to be a a, a stand and bang fight where Frank Yeager's chin is gonna disappoint him, and Gutierrez or however you say his name is gonna gonna get knock him out. Which is sad. Yeah. Right? Frankie Edgar's a first ballot Hall of Famer. All right. I don't know if he he used his money poorly. That's why he's still fighting, or he doesn't know anything else. So he's just fighting because he has to fight. Like, but that man's earned a lot of money in his time in the UFC. Like he definitely is definitely gets paid pretty well. And he's that he's a veteran, so he's getting paid more most than normal guys too. So um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just think Frank it, I I know it sucks, and there's gonna be a day I'm gonna have to come to it too. But like, you gotta have a realization that you're you're just done, dude. Like, you can't. There's there's other routes for you in life. Yeah, um, I'm kind of just in that boat where like I recognize how good Frankie uh, was and how good he w- was for the sport. But the kind of reoccurring theme in those sentences is the word "was." Um, you're past your prime, man. Um, look, it doesn't mean we're gonna forget about you or how great your fights have been in the UFC, but it's time, man. And uh, hopefully Gutierrez um, proves that to him because I'm afraid if he does win one more fight, then Dana's going to have to step in and be like, all right, let's give you a top five guy to really just show you your way out. Um, kind of like how they did with um, – who did they do that to recently? They kind of just like Tony. No, they did it to Tony and Nate. They tried to do it to Nate as well. But Tony, they really yeah, – Tony, they fucked hard. Um, yeah. Cut. Hey, man. Great career, huge shout out. We'll be rooting for you. We hope, we hope you win. But at the same oh, time, yeah, I would like, love to see Frank Yeager win his retirement fight. Yeah, I feel but, like all I've been doing is watching my childhood fucking favorite fighters lose their retirement fights this past two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dana's kind of like that meme from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, where Dewey's sitting on the basketball hoop and he's just like, "The time is now, old man. I keep it moving." That's sad. Like, dude. Oh. Our next fight is probably one of the best put together fights. And of the year, easily, maybe of all time, Dustin Poirier 
coming in at a minus 230 in our featured fight of the evening against Iron Mike Chandler coming in at plus 190. Kind of cool how these guys are like, they're going to fly out. Where's this fight in Vegas? In New York. Oh, it's an MSG. It's pretty sick. This fight's an MSG, and they're going to fly out all the way out there. And they do this whole camp and stuff, and they're, they're, their camps are probably 20 minutes away from each other in South Florida. Mm. You know, Dustin at Coconut Creek with ATT and uh, Mike at a uh, Mike out of Sanford. Uh, Kill Cliff now. Yeah, well, Sanford, but now it's Kill Cliff. That's their new sponsor. Mm. Uh, um, but yeah, that's crazy. It's going to be a war. I mean, absolute war. It's, I, I was telling Zach, too, before we, we did this, it's going to be the exact same thing as the Gaethje fight, in my opinion. I think Chandler's going to win the first round. I just think he's so explosive and has so much just like, woo, that he comes out like dangerous as hell in the first round. I mean, look what he did to Oliver. He fights every first round great. Every first round great. So I think he's going to win the first round. But I think what's going to end up happening is in the second and third, Dustin, Dustin's punches are going to get heavier and Mike's aren't. I don't think Mike has the has the the snap to his punches that Dustin has, and I think Dustin's gonna outstrike him with volume by a lot, you know. And you hear James Krause talk about it, and I was just talking to my my coach Vince McGinnis about it the other day. What Dustin does well is it's called a it's called they call it like a, a slap back. Every time he gets hit, he hits right back. So even if he loses, like even even if he doesn't throw as many, like say you hit me with fifteen clean, I only hit you with like eight clean. But we have the same amount of volume. It's like, you know, he, it, it helps him win those battles. He doesn't lose due to volume. And it's so hard, too, when I throw you a combo and then you hit me right back, it fucking gasses you. So he does a really good job at that. And I think that's what, one of the things that makes him stand out. I think that's one of the things that he's built his career on is that every time you throw, he throws. You know, he comes right, but he's always responding. Um, and I think he's just higher level than Chandler. I think Chandler's a dog. I mean, I love Chandler. But even when Chandler came to the UFC, I said it. He, he couldn't be champ. He's not – I don't know what it is. There's just like – I don't know if it's his power or his, his, his smoothness. There's just something he's missing, and, and Dustin's got it. You know, It's going to be a yeah. fucking dog fight, though, like an absolute banger of a fight. It's going to be super fun to watch. I just think Dustin's going to come out on top. <clears throat> yep. Um, like you kind of touched on, you know, it's the diamond versus the iron mic. Um, two guys that love to stand and bang and they like to put on shows for the fans. Um, they're big crowd pleasers, fan favorites, everything you could ask for. You know, you're in the heart of New York at MSG, you know, sellout crowd. What more could you ask for? Um, there's a reason this is uh, on the main card. And what is it? The co-main event? It's the feature fight. Yeah. So it's the feature fight, one before the main event. Um, yeah, look. Michael Chandler, um, since he came into the UFC, you know, he's been, what, started Dan Hooker. Only has four fights in the UFC. Um, he's two all, and two. They've all been fucking electric. He's not on a yeah. fight. Yeah, like his fight against Dan, amazing. First round finish. Fight against Charles, got knocked out. But that first round, you know, I thought he guaranteed one. I thought, like, he Charles, I thought he won the fight. Yeah, but, you know, Charles was on his, Charles was the enlightened one. You know, he was chosen by God um, up until the Dagestani put his lights out um you know his loss against sketchy decision that literally was a war it looked like it looked like those two guys like were fighting for their next meal um that was some savages going at it and then his last fight you know tony ferguson who i'd never seen getting knocked out of my life who i literally watched get punched a billion times by 
Justin Gaethje took a front kick from Thor's hammer and yeah. wa- and I watched his soul like go to heaven before like being sucked back into his body because Tony just refuses to die. Um, he actually kicked a Harvard brain into Tony, believe it or not. He kicked him um, so hard, Harvard Harvard got Tony. Yeah, yeah. They like Harvard saw Tony take that head kick and were like, "Damn, like you want a scholarship, bro? Like we need to study your brain." But um, that's just a little inside between me and Grace. We've been dying all week at these Harvard business memes of Tony because nothing kills me more than seeing Tony just walk around campus in sleeves and his little like glasses. And yeah, no, just, the like, best is the one he's just standing on like the, like their breezeway and he's just. Did you know he like put he's his like, phone down on a rock and put a timer on it and walked over there and was just like Yeah. Like, hey Tony, what are you what are you majoring in? Real champ shit, baby. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I oh, forgot yeah. they had that major. They're like, oh yeah, shit. They're like, damn, you going for your masters in that, dude. I'm already the champ, dude. Best That's believe fucking it, but, hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's fun. gonna be a it's gonna be a banger of a fight, dude. It's gonna be it's gonna be two of the best in the world getting locked into a cage doing what they're the best at. That's what it's gonna be. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say much about this next fight. I'm just going to get it out of the way. Um, Zhang Wei Li is beating Carlos. Yeah, Barza. Zhang Wei. I don't, I don't give the shit about this fight at all. I hate I Carlos Barza. This should be Wei Li versus Rose three. Um, or but, yeah, but you know what? Shit out. It's MMA. It is what it is. I am still think Wei Li is going to baptize. It's going to be a finish. It's not going five rounds. Yeah. Nope. Um. But let's get to why we're all here. You know, this is why it's in Madison Square Garden. This is probably one of the most anticipated um, rematch. You know, it's funny. We say rematch, but these guys have never fought each other in the MMA world. But you know what they have fought? Glory kickboxing. And that is between Alex Pereira, Potan, and Israel, the last style vendor, Adesanya. Izzy, 23-1 and one in his UFC career. He's the champ. Look, he's getting a lot of flack as of recently. He's had some very boring fights, um, you know, kind of just like the faint master. You know, he'll like flinch at you and maybe throw a leg kick here or there and then just like dance around you for five rounds. Um, you know, whereas Pereira has been up in the mountains of Brazil um, murdering mountain lions with stairs. Um, this man scares the shit out of me. Um, despite the fact that he is a walking meat, um, he literally just posted a photo with Elsa and – Times Square, um, he's been training on hoverboards. Um, I, I personally think he's memeing the shit out of Izzy, and I think it's bothering Izzy because every time you show an interview with like Izzy, it's he's like, Oh, I've never been more locked into my fight in my entire life. Like, like this, like this means more. He's like, Fuck the belt. Like, I don't even care about the belt. Like, this is between me and him. And then they interview like Pereira, and Pereira's like, Yeah, you know, I've been taking my kids to Disney World, and um, like, I, I just love life. And like, it's like the biggest what the fuck is like going on right now because like, no matter how serious Izzy tries to take this fight, I, I just become more confident in Pereira because Pereira looks like he just doesn't give a shit. Like he, like, he already beat him twice, and he, like, knows. He's like, I know you're not going to take me down because you think you can stand up with me. He's like, I'm just going to kill you. Like, he's like, I, I murder people for a living now. When this fight got announced, I mean, when Pereira got signed to the UFC, I was a huge Pereira hater. I was like, he's just going to get wrestled. Like, his striking's not going to correlate. Like, he'll never see Izzy, blah, blah, blah. Then he goes on a tear, and he does the world a favor and shuts Sean Strickland the fuck up. And then he gets the, the Izzy fight. And throughout this whole time, I've been like, Izzy's going to kill him. Izzy's going to kill him. And the more I started learning about Pereira, and the more I started talking to my teammates, I talked to my coach, who was a former glory kickboxer himself. 
they're just like Pereira would walk down to hell and stare at the devil and make the devil like blink. Like he like he is the most he he's the he's who the boogeyman looks under his bed for at night. Like I don't know what you guys know about this man, but first of all, go watch his glory kickboxing highlights. Horrifying. And then walk, just go scroll through his Instagram. Look at his training videos. Look at him kicking a soccer ball and then fucking hitting it with a bow. And you know, <laughs> him shooting revolvers. Him and him and a uh, Glover just standing in a phone booth, just beating the fuck out of each other. Like he looks horrifying. He looks like a villain. Like he looks like a scary movie villain. He is terrifying. Yeah. And the thing is, is this game of Izzy doing feints and circling, feints and circling. Pereira is not going to skip. You're not going to psych him. Is he yeah. gonna fade and prayers gonna stay like this? He doesn't fear Izzy. That's the issue. And the reason why you're like, you know, why is he so laid back in all these videos? He doesn't fear him. This isn't a yeah. this isn't a Israel Adesanya, oh my god, title fight for Pereira. This is just another fight, you know? And the Izzy, it's a redemption, redemption. I don't I don't think Pereira even gives a fuck that they fought the two times before. He's just like, mm-hmm. whatever, it's a fight, you know? But I think that the psychological warfare is gonna be crazy. I do think Izzy wins round one, no matter what happens. I think Izzy's going to win the round one. He's going to he's gonna hit some leg kicks, dance, get back. Um, dude, this fight, the more I'm talking about, the more fucking excited I am for this fight. I do think yeah. two things. I think one, it doesn't go the distance. I think they're both going to try to rip the fucking head off. They don't like each other at all. Um, that's the other thing, too, is like outside of fighting, they genuinely don't fuck with each other, which makes it yeah. so much more fun to watch. Um. The only thing is, is Izzy does Izzy decide to try to wrestle? Okay, if he does, will it even be any good? You know, because his is it's having good takedown defense and good takedown offense are completely two different fucking things in the world. That's like being mm-hmm. good at hitting a baseball and being good at pitching. They're completely different categories. Okay, yeah. and on top of that, if it gets to a close round around, Izzy thrives there. Izzy's a very regardless of your opinion of Izzy. He's a very good fight manager. He's probably the best outside of Usman, in my opinion. At, at, at his awareness of what's going on in each round, when he needs to land it, it's boring. It's absolutely boring, but it's extremely technical and it's extremely high level. So yeah. Herrera has to finish him, and, he, and if it does go to decision, he has to dog him because Izzy is the king – if you play the numbers games and the points games, that's Izzy's the best in the world at that. Regardless, yeah. and this, this is the other thing, man. This is the other thing I gotta say. Do I think Izzy's boring? Yes, I'm. I am not an Izzy fan at all, at all. I'm a Rob Whitaker fan. I want Pereira to knock Izzy out. Rob, go fight Pereira, take him down, and submit him, and get his fucking belt back. That's what I want. I love Rob. Okay, but as a fighter, not as a fan, as a fighter, I have so much fucking respect for Izzy. Yeah, is this shit boring? Absolutely. But the issue is when you've defended your belt this many times and haven't lost for this many times, everyone is studying you. Everyone – and George St. Pierre talked about this when he talked about Izzy in an interview. He goes, every single fight is so much harder regardless of the opponent because they have that much more info on you and they have that much more. So the thing I do respect about Izzy is regardless of if it's boring or not, he's still fucking winning, bro. He's still the UFC middleweight champion of the world, you know? Yeah, it's not yeah. fun to watch. He's probably the most boring champ to watch, honestly. But he's still fucking winning. If he doesn't lose in fights like this for the next five years, he's probably the best fighter of all time. Yeah. Uh, so. Like I said before, 
Um, I think Pereira literally was put on this planet to kill Israel Adesanya. I think they like sacrificed like his mother, like had to take out her uterus and put it on like an Aztec Mayan temple. And then he just like showed up in the and forest. They, like, they had like, the they had, like, 30. like three like drops of blood from Izzy from his umbilical cord. Yeah. yeah. And then they had to take, they had to take the blood of like a lion and the blood of like an, a mythical creature. And they just like, left it there and then he just like showed up in his village at like 13 years old yeah, he showed up as a teenager already fucked it yeah he said and, fuck growing i'm here already yeah and then they were like they like asked him they're like what is your name but they he didn't say his name he just kept saying israel adesanya so they thought that was his name at first but then they realized no that's who he's come for Dude, and he's just this, out to murder this fight is extremely exciting yeah. i do i think i think prayer is the scariest man on the planet Fuck all the muscles. Yes. I think he's scarier than any like giant bodybuilder or any big heavyweight. Yeah. I want Paulo Costa to be his translator just to like, he can put it in like, like rough terms. Like, because like, I know prayer would try to be respectful and then Paulo would just be like, yeah, he, he said he's a fucking bitch. Like, he's yeah. like, he's a pussy. And he's I like, think, fuck uh, that guy. Izzy's got to go to decision and prayer has got to knock him out. Yeah. The other Pereira. thing too that's a factor that is, I'm gonna say this it's a positive and negative. Pereira is a lot fucking bigger than Izzy. Like probably by close to 30 pounds. All right. You saw the picture of him and Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes ain't a small light heavyweight at all. And he is like towering over him in height, and he's like way wider than, than Dominic Reyes. Izzy doesn't cut any weight. Izzy walks around 195, He didn't even make 205 when he fought Jan. They showed to the Wayans eating pizza. At like, one, like 198, you waited at. Yeah. yeah. But, so the power's there. Can he dance for 25 minutes? That's a long time. And Izzy's done that dance a lot. I don't know how, how the glory kickboxing rounds work, actually, before. It sounds stupid. It's probably just as long. Oh, no. It's five rounds of three minutes. Yeah, he said never gone 25 minutes. He's never gone 25. That's 10 more minutes of fighting, dude. Damn. 10 minutes is a long time in the fighting world. 10 minutes is a long time in life, dude. Yeah. You ain't lying. Anyway, I give me, think Give me that's... Pereira. Give me Pereira. Third round knockout. Yeah, I was going to say bad Pereira. bad end of the second. Seals the second. Then when they go to go to your corners, he just stays in the center of the octagon. None of his cornermen come in the cage. They don't give him water. They don't give him anything. He just stands there. Then Izzy gets up, and then he knocks him out at the beginning of the third. See, I was thinking Izzy wins first round. Izzy's going to win the um, first round 100%. Maybe stuns him, tries to open it up in the second round, gets caught towards the end of the second. And gets TKO'd at the end of round two. What's gonna hurt Izzy is what's gonna hurt Izzy is exactly like guys like us, people that are like he's too boring, he's too boring. It, it what I think is gonna happen realistically is Izzy psychologically like this is my redemption fight. I'm tired of being called boring. Like I need to kill this guy. Like blah blah. blah. And he's gonna Jose Aldo it and he's gonna open up a little too much to prove a point rather than what he Bing. should do is fight a boring ass fucking fight and stay the UFC world champion. That's what he yep. should do, but. That's part of the game, dude. And, I mean, obviously, like, look, we can talk all this shit we want about Izzy getting knocked out, but, like, 
we're two fucking 23-year-old kids doing nothing with our lives, and he's the fucking middleweight world champion. Like, he obviously has a game plan and, like, believes in himself, but I'm just yeah. saying, I don't, I don't see him winning this fight. Yeah. It, honestly, the way I see it playing out is that, like, Key and Peel skit where, like, Key is, like, the guy that keeps talking about, like, murdering his family. Yeah. And, like, God is like, speaking I'll to him. I'll sacrifice you to my family, like, blood. He's like, yeah, he's, like, he's, like, crying. He's, like, crying. He's, like, dude, you, he's, like, you know we're shit-talking, right? He's, like, please tell me if you're just like, shit-talking. Hey, by the way, um, he's missing from the building. And, like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, what? Like, what do you mean? Where's he at? Well, yeah, man, UFC oh, 281, fuck. November 12th, Madison Square Garden Arena. Early prelims start at 6, prelims should start at 8. And they are on ESPN Plus, main card on ESPN Plus, pay-per-view for $75.99. Cox on the stove, baby. Let's go, Pereira.